Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. Welcome to Gems for the Journey, Wisdom from the Word of God. Hey, God bless you, everybody. Welcome to Gems for the Journey, Wisdom from the Word of God. And we're your hosts, Matt and Stephanie Garrity. And we're founders of River of Heaven Ministries. And we have a threefold vision to rebuild and restore, equip and empower, and revive and heal. Through these broadcasts, you're going to be touched, rebuilt, and restored, equipped and empowered, and revived and healed. And you're going to be functioning like never before as a kingdom man or a kingdom woman. Amen. Great to be with you today for another episode of Gems for the Journey, Wisdom from the Word of God. Wow. So much going on in the world today, and we know that we are to be a people who are not in fear during these times, but we are to be a people who is unapologetically living in faith, walking in faith, walking by faith. Some of the headlines that have come out over the course of this past month are startling. I mean, we've got continuing this war with you know Israel and the Hamas terrorists. We have you know some of the hostages on a, on a high note here released over the last month. About 24, 25 hostages released over the last month. A few more released just this week. We've got Russia still at war with the Ukraine and onslaughts going on there. We've got Iran and Hezbollah potentially in the mix. We've got Turkey threatening. We've got Yemen firing rockets. We've got America, American citizens being told to leave certain nations over there where there's turmoil, where there's conflict. And all this going on while Taiwan is in the balance with with China. I mean, there's a lot of people believing that China could make a move on Taiwan at some point. Again, there is a lot of things going on right now, but we are called to be a people who are not in fear, but we're in faith. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus said that these things must come to pass. Matthew 24, verse 6, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. Do not let your heart be troubled. Do not be troubled for all these things, what? Must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places, All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved." And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Wow. So Jesus, our Lord and Savior, warns us about this, okay? And he warns us that these things must come to pass. These things will come to pass, and it is in fact one of the signs of the times. Beloved, be encouraged today. 
where fear has been the disposition of many the last three or four years, and even while many are looking at the current events going on around us right now in the nations, especially in Israel, and perhaps feeling afraid and stressed out, we must understand that we are protected by the Lord and we should have peace as we stay in that place of faith. Psalm 34, 7 says, the angel Lord comes around everyone who fears the Lord. Psalm 125 verses 1 and 2 says, as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, his covenant people, those who have a covenant with him, his people from this time forth and forever. We've got the Jewish people who are God's people. We've got the Gentile people who are, who've received Christ, who are God's people. Again, we are not Jews naturally, most of us. We are Jews spiritually. And, and what is a Jew spiritually? Or what is a Jew in, in a general sense, what the Bible teaches from a new covenant perspective? It is someone who is in covenant with Jesus Christ. It is someone who has repented and believed and received Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul talks to the churches about that. And so we are encouraged as we read the promises throughout the entirety of Psalm 91, okay? And we're not going to read the whole Psalm 91 today, but there are precious promises in Psalm 91, in what we just read in Psalm 34, 7, in Psalm 125, verses 1 and 2. A lot of the Psalms especially have these precious promises regarding the Lord as our deliverer, the Lord as our protector, the Lord as our savior. He is our savior. During the good times, during the challenging times, the good, the bad, and the ugly, no matter what's going on, we must remain a people of great faith. Again, one of the main scriptures we've talked about on this podcast and we've been talking about in our home church for the last year is 1 John 5 verses 4 and 5. And we'll read the amplified version. For whatever is born of God or born again is victorious over the world and this is the victory that conquers the world, even our faith. Who is it that is victorious over the world but he who believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Amplified says, who adheres to, trusts in, and relies on him. So again, we can't just faith it to make it and say, oh, faith, oh, we're victorious because of faith. You, your faith has to have substance to it, okay? Your faith, you have to have faith in something or someone. And the Bible doesn't promise just having faith is making us victorious. It's having faith in Jesus Christ. Again, for Christianity, for the Christian, everything must be about Jesus Christ, everything. And there are some people out there these days that are talking about, oh, we got to focus on the Holy Spirit because Jesus sent Holy Spirit and all these things. Yes, but the Holy Spirit still testifies of who? Jesus Christ. The Spirit says, I don't speak of myself. I don't speak of my own accord, but I testify of Jesus Christ. The Bible says the Holy Spirit searches the deep things of the Father and the Son, and he brings them to us. He teaches them to us. Hallelujah. And so, we are to be walking humbly and boldly in a place of victory. The victory was won at the cross, and we stand in that victory, and we pray in, in that victory. We prophesy from a place of that victory. We praise the Lord. We praise and worship from that place of victory. We evangelize from that place of victory. You know, we, we go out and fulfill the Great Commission uh, from that place of victory. Everything we do 
is in that place of victory. It's from that place of victory. Why? Because the victory has been won. We're enforcing the victory now, the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, this is a wonderful time of year. Uh, many uh, church denominations refer to this time as Advent, okay? And really, it's what it speaks of, this, this time, this season for Christians, this is the time of Jesus Christ being born. This is the, the virgin birth. This is when Jesus Christ came uh, and he was born of the Virgin Mary. The Holy Spirit overshadowed her. The power of the Almighty overshadowed her. And Jesus Christ was born through a virgin, Mary, the mother of God. And so the biblical Christmas story is intimately connected to salvation. We can't ever separate the two. Why is that? Because Jesus Christ means the Lord saves. Yeshua comes from the Hebrew word yasha, which means salvation. It means to be saved. It means to save. And so the word Yeshua in Hebrew means the Lord saves. In Greek, where we get the word Jesus from, or Isus comes from a derivative of that word Yasha or Yeshua. It's just the Greek translation of it. And so there is an intimate connection between this time of year and salvation, as it marks the fulfillment of God's promise to send a Savior, Jesus Christ, into the world. And so here's some key gems, here's some key aspects jumping into the scriptures fully now, that we have a promise of a Savior. There is a promise of a Savior. In Isaiah 7, 14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. That means God with us. Same, same concept, same principle, okay? God with us. And this is fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. We are also promised, and we celebrate during this time of year, the birth of Jesus Christ in Bethlehem. Micah chapter 5 verse 2 says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephratah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting." So the prophetic books, we just read Isaiah, we quoted Isaiah, and we just quoted Micah. The prophets prophesied these messianic prophecies about this one who would come and save the people. We also think about the annunciation to Mary, the announcement to Mary. That word annunciation is just a fancy way of saying it, the announcement. Okay, when Gabriel came and announced to Mary, that she would be the mother of God. Luke 1.31, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Again, the Greek word for Jesus, Isus, derived from the Hebrew Yeshua, meaning Yahweh is salvation. Yahweh is salvation. Also, we think about during this time of year, the shepherds and the angelic announcement. The angels, remember the heaven open and the angels, glory to God in the highest. And, and they began to announce to the shepherds that Christ would be born. Luke 2, 
Verses 10 and 11 says, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring good tidings or glad tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The Greek word for Christ is the word Christos, meaning anointed one. We know that uh, in the Old Covenant is the word Mashiach, or the anointed one, okay? Christ is not Jesus' last name. So it's important to understand these concepts in this season of Advent, in this season of Christmas, okay? In this season of the celebration of Jesus Christ coming into this world, the Word of God becoming flesh, the Word of God being clothed in flesh. It's also referred to as the incarnation. We also think about the Magi. We three kings of Orient are. It's a famous song, Matthew 2.2, 2, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. You know, the Greek word here for kings is basileus. It's emphasizing Jesus as the king. The Magi recognized him as a royal king, a royal king. Now, these guys were prominent figures in the, in the East. They were kings themselves. They were wise men, but yet they came to pay respect to a greater king. And obviously, he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ. We think of salvation through the incarnation. John 1.14, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Greek word here for the word is logos. It conveys the understanding of the divine word. Okay, the incarnation of Jesus, the word, signifies God dwelling among humanity for salvation. The word of God. The word of God became flesh. The story of the birth of Jesus Christ, with its prophecies and the miraculous birth through the Virgin Mary, is a pivotal part of the salvation message. We need to understand that. We often think of the salvation message as this really intense, difficult thing to understand, but really it's not. The gospel summarized in four simple steps is this. There was a problem, there was a penalty, there was a provision, and there was a pardon. The problem was sin. The penalty for sin is death. The provision is Jesus Christ who died for our sins, and the pardon is forgiveness of sin, or the free gift of salvation. Problem, penalty, provision, and pardon. There is also something known as Roman's road to salvation. This has been highlighted over the years as well. But these are scriptures in the book of Romans that if we use these scriptures, you can actually lead someone to an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ, to repent, believe, and receive him. And what are these 10 scriptures uh, in the book of Romans. The first one is Romans 3.10. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. None of us is righteous. The Bible says that our best attempt of righteousness in our own way is filthy rags before the Lord. The second scripture, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. No one's a good person inherently. 
no one measures up. We all have come short of God's standard. The third one, Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Again, the penalty of sin is death. That's the problem. That's a problem. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus is the only way. The fourth point in Romans Road is Romans 3.20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. In other words, we're not saved by the law. We're saved through Jesus Christ who fulfilled the law. Jesus Christ satisfied the requirements of the law and he ratified the new covenant in his blood by the shedding of his blood. Number five or point five, Romans 5, 8, but God commend or directed his love toward us in that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. Don't you just love that he didn't have to ask us, you know, you need to clean your act up. You need to get things right. He didn't wait for us to get it right. We could have never got it right. But while we were yet sinners, he died for us. He died for us. That's refreshing. It really is. Romans, the next point, Romans 3.24.6 on Romans Road here. Romans 3.24, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So we're justified by his grace. The Greek word is charis. It is divine favor. It is enabling power. It's by God's doing. That's how we're justified. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Point seven, Romans chapter 10, verses nine and 10, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made to salvation. Okay, this is where a lot of people theologically, their theology gets blown out of the water when you look at the thief on the cross. Many people in their theology say, oh, you got to be water baptized or you're not saved. The thief on the cross was never water baptized. Uh, Many people believe that uh, in different denominations, you've got to speak in tongues to be saved. The, the thief on the cross never spoke in tongues. Many people in their theology believe that you've got to pray exactly this thing called the sinner's prayer, uh, and the thief on the cross never really did that as far as the line-by-line, quote-unquote, sinner's prayer. Uh, many people in the other denominations believe you need to work to receive salvation or good works gets you in, uh, and the thief on the cross could not do any work. He was dying on the cross okay, on one of the sides of Jesus. All he could do was acknowledge that Christ was there, confess with his mouth, believe in his heart. And that's what he did. And guess what? He was saved because Jesus said, today, you'll be with me in paradise. Point eight, Romans 3.28, therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. So we are saved by grace through faith. We are justified by his grace through faith without the deeds of the law. Our works could not save us, but it was the work, the finished work of Jesus Christ that saved everyone 
who comes to him. Everyone who responds to the, his goodness and kindness. Point nine, Romans 10, 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And this isn't just call upon him, right? But it goes into agreement with those other scriptures we just read. Calling upon him means confessing with your mouth and believing, believing. Repent and believe, receive. And finally, point 10, Romans 5.1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're justified. God's grace starts the process. We respond by faith. That's our only part in salvation. We don't work. We can't earn it. We have never deserved any of it. Okay? God's goodness and kindness starts the process by his grace. He leads us to repentance. His goodness and kindness leads us to repentance. His divine favor, his enabling power, his grace saves us when we, as we turn. He leads us and we say, yes, by faith, I believe, I confess. And then his grace finishes the process. Our only part in the process is responding to his grace. For we are saved by grace, by his grace, by his divine favor and enabling power through faith. Glory to God. And so this time of year absolutely is intimately tied to salvation. Why? Because Yeshua is born during this time. Yeshua He is the Lord who saves. Yeshua means Yahweh is salvation. His very name prophesied about what he was going to do, what his destiny was, and what his destiny is. He is continuing to save people. He saves everyone who will come to him, who respond to his grace. Glory to God. For Ephesians 2 verses 8 through 9 says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. It is the free gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. The Amplified says this in Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For it is by grace, God's remarkable compassion and favor, his enabling power, drawing you to Christ that you have been saved, actually delivered from judgment and given eternal life through faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, not through your own effort, but it is the undeserved, gracious gift of God. Thanks be to Jesus for his wonderful gift. Hallelujah. We couldn't earn it. None of us could do anything to work our way to salvation. And we just need to be a people like never before that we don't spurn the grace of God. We don't treat God's grace as a license to sin because it's not a license to sin. But we understand this, that it's God's goodness and kindness that leads us to repentance. We are saved by his grace through faith. We respond to his goodness and kindness. We respond to his grace. We acknowledge we're sinners. We believe in our heart. We confess with our mouth. And the Bible says, if we respond and we truly mean it, we're saved. We are saved. Glory to God. And I, I want to ask you right now, if you're listening to this broadcast and you, this podcast and you've never heard this message before, maybe you were taught in some type of not denomination that you had to work to earn your salvation. Maybe you're listening to me and you're a different world faith right now and you've always felt 
you know, Christianity is false or whatever the case is. Maybe you're listening to me and you've never heard the gospel before. You've never heard the Romans road to salvation. Maybe you're listening and you're backslidden or you're unsure of your salvation. Friends, all it takes is this, that you would think about that thief on the cross, that you would actually, just in your mind, just think to yourself, I am that thief on that cross. I'm that one that's dying next to Jesus. My sin is killing me. I'm guilty before him. I deserve what I'm getting right now in my life. I agree with what his word says. But yet, thanks be to Jesus for his grace and his goodness and kindness. And if, if you're sensing his goodness and kindness, if you are in agreement with this word, all you have to do right now, you don't have to go through a specific list of prayer points or anything like that. You just must do what the thief did on the cross. He said, remember me. I'm broken. Remember me, Lord. That means I believe. That means I'm guilty. That means I'm repenting right now. That means I believe you. That means I trust you. That means I need you. Remember me. Remember, not just to think, remember. To remember something is to put something back together that's been dismembered. That man on the cross was dying in his sin. He cried out, remember me. And Jesus didn't say, oh, no, you weren't water baptized. Oh, you didn't follow the specific points to pray the sinner's prayer. Oh, I didn't hear you speak in tongues. Oh, you didn't do enough good works for the poor. That's not what he said. Jesus simply said, today, you'll be with me in paradise. And friends, if you truly have repented and responded to God's grace, I want to say congratulations to you. Welcome to the family. We love you. God bless you. I pray the Lord would bless you. He would keep you. His face would shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. He would lift up his countenance upon you. And may the Lord would give you his peace, his shalom. May you realize more than ever before that salvation is a free gift paid for by Yahweh as salvation, paid for by Jesus Christ, Isus in Greek, Yeshua in the Hebrew, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So God bless you. We love you. Until next time. If you'd like to connect with us, you can go to our website at www.riverofheaven.org. River of Heaven Ministries is advancing the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven through various means. In James 1.27, Scripture teaches us to care for the widows and the orphans. We take this seriously and are actively involved in supporting widows and others in need on a monthly basis. Together, we can do more. Additionally, our radio broadcasts and podcasts reach all nations, touching lives worldwide. Daily, new listeners hear the gospel, and through these broadcasts and podcasts, millions have an opportunity to repent, believe, and receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Listeners also learn about powerful Tabernacle of David principles through our teaching, encouraging all to worship the Father in spirit and in truth with great passion and purity. Your financial gift of any amount will help us to continue to support those in need and allow us to launch high-quality recorded radio broadcasts 
podcasts, and teaching that are available for free to anyone who has internet access. With your prayers and financial support, we will continue to reach millions in our generation and multiply millions in generations to come. Thank you for partnering with us.